Where is the newly crowned king of Mycenae, son of Agamemnon, greatest ruler of the greatest land in all of Greece? These are not questions that would bother one such as myself. Kings come, kings go, but love remains. And so really these matters of politics and monarchs should be directed to Athena, or even Zeus, if he could be bothered to raise his head from his cup to answer them. Yet I will admit that when it is Menelaus who makes such an inquiry, husband of my dear, lovely Helen, even I will raise one perfectly sculpted brow to contemplate its answer. Come, take my hand. I am not vengeful Hera or cousin Artemis. I will not transform you into a boar for daring to brush your skin against mine. My divine presence is of course overwhelming, I do understand. Even my attending nymphs and naiads are often overcome by my fragrance, and many is the night I have to fetch my own hot milk, finding my staff preoccupied past the point of usefulness. But keep your eyes fixed on a certain distant point, and you may journey with me through matters past, present, maybe even some of those yet to come, and return again, your body and mind mostly intact. There is a place on Ithaca called Phanera. Even by Ithaca's very low standards, it is a miserable little dive. It was once a smuggler's cove, framed by grey rocks against which the sea grinds like a drunken board, squat houses of mud and dung set back from a single shore. Then raiders came, men driven by ambition and petty schemes of mortal men, and what little there was of note in the place was plundered, pillaged, or burned to the ground. Some still sleep among the few shacks that hold against the wind, fisherwomen and the hard-faced old ladies who carve mussels and scrambling creatures from the deep. But mostly it stands as a monument to what happens when an island is not defended by a king. Dust, ashes, and the salt wind off the bitter sea. I would not normally deign to look twice at such a place, no, not even for the prayers of the young lovers who used to fumble crudely at each other by the shore. My prayers should be carried by panting breath, caught in secret whispers, or sung in delight at the golden touch of dawn upon a lover's back, not twisted into a muttered, go on, get your tackle out. Yet on this night, with the moon half full across the bay, even I turn my celestial vision to the earth to see a ship powered by the beating of oars and the thrust of the waves drive prow first up onto the shore at Venera. It is a curious vessel, neither smuggler's bark nor Illyrian pirate come to plunder Ithaca's land. Though the sail is plain and unmarked, at the prow of the ship is carved a roaring lion, and the first men who jump from it to the wet sand below are wound in fine-dyed wool and lit by the dim light of oil burning within bronze. They are grateful to reach land, for their nights upon the sea have been plagued with restless dreams, with gasping awake and crying out for those lost, with the taste of blood between their lips, though they have not eaten meat, and with violent waves that seem to lurch and buckle most incongruously as they made their way beneath a bruised grey sky. The sweet water tasted of salt, and the salted fish they dined upon had worms in it, and though they could not see it with mortal eyes, there was a black cloud spinning about them that rose up to the vaults of heaven and squeaked, higher than human hearing in the tongue of the blood-drinking bat. For some minutes, these same men, 
flesh still warm from their pleasing exertions on the oars, make to securing their ship against tide and wind, in a manner not befitting any pirate, while others set out with torches to explore a little the ruined edges of Phenera. A startled cat shrieks and hisses and runs from their passage. Busy burbling birds chatter at each other from the sleepy rocks, disturbed by this unexpected arrival of humanity and its firelight, though even they fall silent as the darker presence that lurks above the deck makes itself known. A fire pit is dug on the beach, fueled by smoky timber gathered loosely about the shore. A canopy is swung above it, some chairs produced, and boxes on which others sit. Women, too, now descending from the ship to join the men, their eyes sunk from sleepless worry. The moon turns towards the horizon, the stars spin around their celestial point, and on the very edge of ruined Phenera, more than just wolf eyes watch.